1: no matter who you are things in your life probably aren't going as expected whatever that means but the things you are doing right now no matter what they are that's your life it's not a plan b i'm your host madeline mortensen and you're listening to this is not a backup plan hi friends welcome back to this is not a backup plan happy thursday this is not the usual podcast day but thanks to the killers concert in salt lake city this week this is the day that you are getting this podcast as i could have imagined deciding to switch to weekly in the middle of a move may not have been the brightest idea logically but it has been a really fun idea so no regrets there this week's episode is about cooking for one. This week's guest is Rebecca from the Nourish Nutrition blog, and she is a non-diet dietitian, health at every size specialist, who has created a really awesome website full of resources and recipes designed to help people who are cooking for one or two. I'm really excited because she had lots of practical tips, lots of really great philosophies, and when I finally get settled into my condo, I am going to be putting her tips and tricks to use to hopefully feed myself lots of yummy food. So enjoy this conversation with Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rebecca. I am so excited to have you. Will you start out by just giving me a brief introduction to yourself? Yeah. So my name is
0: Rebecca. As you just said, I am a non-diet and health at every size approach uh, dietitian. I run a food blog called Nourish Nutrition Blog. I should change it. I'm seriously considering it, but not <laughs> like today. I a lot of my work right now is doing food photography, recipe development, and also videography for a couple of food bloggers and also for food companies. And I love cooking, and cooking for one is what I've been doing for a long time, so I'm excited to share what I've learned after realizing much later than I would like to admit that it's completely different than cooking for a family, which is the way that I've been taught and I think everybody else has.
1: I am so excited for you to talk about cooking for one because I feel like feeding myself is very hard and I'm not a bad cook, but I feel like I'm really bad at feeding myself because it is so different to feed one person. But before I get into that, can you just tell me a little bit about, so you said you are an, did you say non-diet and health at every side nutritionist? Can you just tell me a little bit about how that framework shapes your work? I think that would be a really interesting piece to start out before we get more into the cooking for one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, a tiny bit of background. Well, I guess, okay, so actually, let me explain what that is. So, non diet is not focusing on restrictive dieting or weight loss. And then, the health at every size is also not focusing on weight loss. I, early on in my career, I worked at a hospital and a lot of the patients that I was seeing were for weight loss related education. And it's complicated and there's so much going into it. At the end of the day, I would say everybody knows in how they interpret things, how to eat to, you know, eat the quote unquote right way and movement and everything. And it just, it doesn't work. So it's this futile, frustrating situation that we all find ourselves in and I'm over it. I don't want to help people do that anymore. And it's not that it's easy. It's easier in different ways to approach food through these lenses, but it's a much more productive and enjoyable way once we get rid of all of those excess expectations and focus on weight loss, because at the end of the day, it doesn't work. And trying to continue to do something that doesn't work doesn't help us and makes us feel like we're failures. And it's just this really miserable, awful thing. And I could talk about this for a very long time. So I, yeah, I don't want to go too far into it in this different No, that's,
1: that's really helpful. I really like that perspective because when I think about it, I'm very aware of the fact that besides that, media and culture says my body should be is like not obtainable. So when I think about healthy eating, I want healthy eating that's focused on like, how do I have the energy to do the things I care about to continue to take care of myself and make a difference in the world. So I'm excited that like your healthy eating perspective is not about weight loss, because I agree, like it's just very exhausting. And it can take a lot of the joy out of something that I think should be really joyful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it causes it's a contributing factor to developing eating disorders, which can kill you. I mean, it's not, there is obviously a lot more complicated than that, but anything that we can do to bring down those systemic expectations and societal expectations is super helpful for everybody. So yeah, no, I totally agree. And it is a huge distraction to do the things that you had mentioned.
1: So you said something that I'm very excited To know is your perspective that cooking for one is not the same as cooking for a family. So what do you think are the key differences people need to understand as they are focused on cooking for one that you feel like help lead to more success in meal planning for one person? I
0: think the first thing more than anything is to recognize that it's different. I've cooked for myself for a long time and it took... What did it even take? I don't know. It was like a couple of different things that are not necessarily related to cooking for one to realize that it is different. And it, in retrospect, it's interesting to look back when I was in my nutrition program, all of the teachers, not all of them, a lot of the teachers were single women. And that was never anything that we ever talked about. So even coming from this group of people who fit the same demographic as me in cooking for one. That was never part of any of my education. And so it goes to show that it's something that we're really not taught or talk about at all. With that said, absolutely recognizing that it's different and giving yourself the space to experiment with cooking and feeding yourself is huge because it's going to look different for everybody. And I think, too, what's really important and really difficult for a lot of people because there's so many expectations on what to eat and how to eat, but being really like completely honest with ourselves or at least move towards doing that because having so, for example, if you're somebody who doesn't enjoy cooking, who finds it a chore, who hates it, but then you do meal planning or you do any of those steps. You're setting yourself up for failure, whether it's today or tomorrow or a month out or a year out, whatever. You're setting yourself t- up to not want to continue it. And so that's, again, same thing with weight. That's not something that any of us deserve or really have to deal with. Being really honest with ourselves about like our expectations with food and what our like lives are like and how to fit food into that as opposed to fitting our lives around food is really helpful. And even if you're somebody who really enjoys cooking as I do, and that's literally my job, I don't, I still don't want my whole entire life to be revolved around food when it doesn't have to be. Those are two things that I think are super, super important to get started with at least.
1: I love that idea about fitting food into your life and not your life into food. Because when I think about how I watched my mom cook, like my mom always made like a nice dinner that we all sat down and ate. That is not sustainable when I am going to work every day. And when I am taking care of myself, like that's a huge chunk of time that I also need to be able to do other things with as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. And so again, like recognizing and keeping in our minds that Your life as a single woman in particular is going to be different than a woman who has more mouths to feed that has a family. Tailoring what you're doing to that is really important. But it's like, where do you get started? Because that's the both of us. I mean, I had a similar experience as well. And I think a lot of people base their eating habits off of what they learned growing up, whether they follow them pretty closely or they've like gone a different way completely. But it is a huge part of
1: what we do. Where do you feel like is a good place to get started with meal prep or cooking for one person and rethinking how you're structuring your meals? Yeah. So I think two things
0: are really helpful. As I mentioned before, sitting down and being super (laughs) honest with it. And a practice that I do with my clients, whether it's cooking for one or not, I think this is helpful for everybody, but a practice that I like to do is to have them like sit and close their eyes and imagine the perfect way of eating. Money doesn't matter. Like food availability doesn't matter. Nutrition doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. How would you eat? Would you have, would you take time and cook every single day? If you had that time, also doesn't matter. Would you do that? Would you have a private chef? What would you do? And I think those two options are a really great place to get started. Because if you say, I want somebody to cook for me, expecting yourself to cook for yourself all the time, probably not the most realistic. And so with that in mind, then tying that into your own, like the budget that you have, the time that you have, all of that is really helpful. So you can at least get started in, a direction that feels more aligned with what you deep down want.
1: <laughs> I really like these big ideas we've talked about and like changing your perspective. Can we talk some more about some practical things? What are the recommendations you have that you think can be helpful either in building a pantry or building a meal rotation and actual preparing those meals for one individual person? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up.
0: That's another thing that I want to talk about. So I think the first thing that's really helpful again is like merging that like ideal way of eating with real life so figuring out like where you want to be spending your time and our money but also looking at your schedule. I think this is something that we often don't think about when we very first get started in planning out meals. And and that when we don't think about this, we tend to plan our lives around food as opposed to food within our lives. So I find it super helpful to write down like what you have going on. And when I have clients that I'm working with, we do that as well. So you would say maybe you've got your what the bulk of what you do during the day, whether it's work or school or whatever else in between. And then whatever you have going on in the evening, because a lot of times we the first place we focus on is dinner. And so, for example, if you work late certain nights or you have events or activities or I don't know, whatever else is going on in the evening, expecting yourself or thinking that you're going to have time to make any food those days, probably not super realistic. And you're just setting yourself up to have that food go bad in your fridge, which never feels very good. It's okay to do that as part of the learning process, but accepting that is really helpful. For example, you have a meeting or something in the evening where you're not going to be able to cook. So focus on, having leftovers, getting something out, grabbing something at the grocery store because like all grocery stores have prepared foods to some degree and doing that. Or if you are really craving it or if you enjoy it, which I definitely do is have eggs or cereal for dinner and and give yourself the space to experiment with that and give yourself multiple options as opposed to just this is the one thing that I'm gonna be making today or this week or I don't know, whatever.
1: I think grocery store prepared foods are something I always forget about, but there's such a happy in between of like buying food at the grocery store and eating out because they're usually maybe have some options that are healthier or maybe less expensive than if you ate out, but then you don't have to do it from scratch.
0: Yeah. And you have the different options that you might have at a restaurant and then you just throw it in the microwave or the oven or whatever and cook it. I I think the biggest thing that I find really helpful is to help people give themselves permission to rely on convenience foods. There's so much stigma around food in every which way and convenience foods gets thrown into that. And at the end of the day, we need to eat our bodies get the energy to be able to do whatever it is that we need to do during the day and for our bodies to function. And so at the end of the day, we just need to eat. And however we can get there with the least amount of resistance and expectations
1: is usually the best. I like that. I think that's really helpful. Do you have like When it comes to preparing foods, I know you've got a whole website with all sorts of wonderful recipes. Can you tell me like what some of your favorites are and maybe what some of the thought process behind them is that makes them fit better for an individual person? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been thinking about this and I food is funny
0: for me because I don't have my mom's chocolate chip cookies. I don't like – there's foods that I enjoy, but those are like the one thing that I will always go back to. But other than that, like I don't cook the same thing very often. So I don't really know the answer to that. But one of my favorite things, and I think it's particularly helpful for people cooking for one, is pantry meals. So – With a well-stocked pantry or getting to a well-stocked pantry, that gives us the opportunity to throw things together without any forethought or planning. And again, we're living in the real world and that's going to happen a whole variety of ways. Like we might not plan multiple nights or one night or a few nights, whatever that is for us in that time. But it's such a huge, helpful thing to have in your back pocket is having a couple of recipes or ideas or something of things to throw together and having the pantry to back that up. What I really love is just chicken salads. Like I usually, so frozen chicken, which I mostly cook from frozen as opposed to thawing it because that takes forethought and I'm not going to do that most of the time. So having Costco chicken tenders, uncooked chicken tenders in my freezer is really helpful. And I'll just boil that while chopping up whatever I have to go in it. But so yeah, chicken. And then I like a a combination of Greek yogurt and mayonnaise because I like tangy things. So I like the plain Greek yogurt added to that and some mustard and like celery and grapes or apples or whatever I have on hand. Even dried fruit is a great option to throw into chicken salad. So those are all ingredients that I almost always have on hand. And I think they're Simple enough that it's something that a lot of people could have as well. So if you like chicken and you like those flavors, the options are endless for chicken
1: salad. So that's one example. Really like that. On your website, do you have anything about pantry building, or do you mostly focus on recipes? Both. I have a I have an article on building a pantry,
0: and I think so. I think the different categories in in your fridge and freezer and cupboards having a mix of things there but i think at the like the very beginning when you're thinking of planning to have certain foods on hand you need to think about the foods that you enjoy and also if you have any foods that you or meals that you throw together quickly then have those on hand as well because i think a huge like barrier to cooking is like familiarity with recipes or cooking techniques or whatever And so if you already have a couple of things that you feel comfortable making and can do without much effort in finding a recipe, then those are ones that are going to be easier. And when it comes to pantry meals, because they're usually thrown together after you're hungry or with limited time taking, like removing as many barriers as you can as possible. I have, like I mentioned, I have an article that I wrote on this. And so I can share that with you. And if you want to share in terms of, so this one in particular is, oh, healthy meal prep hacks. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is helpful. I thought I opened the pantry one, but I have a list of pantry foods, but I think that's Yeah, pretty straightforward. But this one, so having a well stocked pantry and that, you know, I mean, it can cost a lot of money. And so building it slowly or quickly or anywhere in between is great. Another hack is to. Okay, let me stop for a second. This is answering your question.
1: Well, you look for that on the building, the pantry slowly. I had a roommate decide she was going to buy one spice each week when she went to the grocery store so that she would have more spices in her rotation, but that it wouldn't be like a big grocery haul because there's nothing worse than finding a recipe that seems simple that you realize you'd have to buy a few spices for and suddenly it's spendy. So that was a way she was going to break it up so that it didn't feel like a huge burden on her budget.
0: Such a great tip. And along those lines, I unless I absolutely have to, I do not buy bottles of spices. I go straight to the bulk section at the grocery store. And a lot, I mean, not all grocery stores have them, but living on the West coast in Utah, there's Winco's convenient to me and I love them (laughs) so much. So they've got fantastic bulk sections and that is a great way to get just what you need, especially when it comes to spices, because they're expensive. And a lot of times, you're making a recipe and they don't like you only need a little bit of it and you don't have expectations to use it beyond that. So that's a great way to save money and also not waste a bunch of spices.
1: In general, I always forget about this because I didn't have a Winco for a long time, but Winco is really helpful for cooking for one. I think Costco has confused people to what the word bulk means. It can mean buying massive amounts, but it can also mean just buying things at a set price that doesn't vary based on packaging size that you can just buy a little bit of oatmeal or a little bit of something to try just the portion that you need.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree because uh, I'm looking through my pantry list that I thought I had in front of me, but I didn't. So in terms of like foods to keep in your pantry, like different grains, almost all of the kind of basic grains that you would have, you can find in a bulk section at Winco and other stores as well, depending on where you live or what's available to you. And I highly recommend, with whatever space that you have, focusing on frozen, like protein, like chicken or fish or something. They tend to be less expensive. They're going to last a lot longer, and and that and the quality is high. So it gives you that flexibility when things don't go according to plan or you don't plan or whatever. And that way you're not wasting food, especially right now with everything going on, like food's expensive. And so find ways to reduce that is really helpful. Let's see. So a couple other things that I wanted to, that I could highlight. So in terms of fruits and vegetables, bringing in nutrition into it, it's pretty common to think that Fresh fruits and vegetables are best, and while they can, there there are a few more options to use them than something that's frozen or canned, but the, it's not necessarily better. If you're transporting fresh fruits or vegetables, they have to be picked early enough to be able to transport them and to stay at the store. And so it's going to taste better, more likely if you're using something frozen and it's less expensive and it's not going to go bad in the back of your fridge, like something that's fresh. So that's another real, those are other really great options.
1: So that was actually something I was going to ask about, because I do feel like I like to eat produce, but I hate to buy it for just myself. Because if I get overly ambitious about what I think I'm going to eat that week, it can go bad so quickly. So it sounds like frozen is a really good option. Do you have any other suggestions for good ways to think about using fruits and vegetables and using produce, especially in meal prep for one? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So in like, before you buy something, I think it's helpful to Yeah, focus on frozen and canned if you like them foods. I I think there's certain fruits and vegetables that are great canned and everybody has different ones that they like and others maybe not so much. But yeah, focusing on those. And then also I find it super helpful to just buy one or two vegetables as opposed to a bunch of different ones during the week. I mean, their fruits and vegetables are... Like simple enough in flavor that they could be interchangeable in recipes. So you don't have to buy broccoli for one recipe and cauliflower for another and bell peppers for a third. Maybe you really like one of those more than the others and you could use that or you just really enjoy them and could eat all of them. But if you're, if you don't think that's completely within your realm, then just focus on one or two at a time and do that instead of expecting to get all sorts of different vegetables and then letting them sit in the back. And then on the flip side of that, because we all do it, we all get ambitious or we all plans change. We're not able to make what we made. I find it really helpful when I'm cooking, especially when I'm making like pantry meals where it's a little bit of a or a lot of improvisation, is to just grab whatever's in the crisper and take it out and then use it from there. So that action of taking it out, it puts it right in front of you. And then you can just like chop up whatever you have or make decisions after that. Because having something like in a bag or in the back of your fridge, it gets lost. And so you don't know what's there. But when you grab everything out, it's right in front of you and you can make decisions from there.
1: I like that. Okay, I think the last specific question I have is: Do you have any recommendations of something that you can make, maybe in a larger quantity, but works well to serve different ways? So it doesn't feel like you're eating the same meal every day. So maybe it's something that you make that then it serves well with a few different things, or you could eat the left. You could change the leftovers in a few days.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I I have two different ways that you could approach this. One of them. I'm going to say them both so I don't forget them and then we'll come back to them. So one of them is batch cooking. And then the other one is to make something and then use it in different ways, which is a little bit the same, but not entirely. So when it comes to batch cooking, I I think this is such a great way to approach cooking. It's a good way to merge the cooking once a week and eating the exact same thing every day and cooking every single day and spending all that time cooking. So you can go ahead, like, For example, you're going to make, I've got nothing coming to me. I'm just going to open something to see. You're going to make tacos one day. This works for both of those options, actually. You're maybe make some rice, maybe make some sort of open up a can of beans or make pork that you're going to shred or something like that. And so those are two ingredients that you can cook just plain. Add like super basic seasoning, salt and pepper, and just leave them as is. And then you could use you could freeze some of that rice. Frozen rice is awesome because it'll last a long time. And then the same thing with the pork, for example. So you could freeze both of those, but you could also use that pork in tacos. You could use that pork, maybe buy some sort of a sauce and serve that with that. You could do tomato sauce and have a bolognese style flavor. I could go on and on on the different ways that you could use that pork. But there, again, you're just making something and then you're able to use it in completely different ways because you didn't add any seasoning to it. So that's one option. And then the rice, there's lots of options for that as well. And then the other option, and I guess actually, so one thing that I really like about batch cooking is you don't have to necessarily, it's a good way to translate the idea of taking a day to meal prep to work for people who are cooking for one or even like more broadly because it sounds like a great idea in theory but then it takes up so much time and so many people hate it and that's fine so instead of taking the time to specifically meal prep make extra of what you're making and then you can use it for later and you're not spending extra time you're not doing all that meal prep where you're making specific things for the whole week you're just you it's like a better use of your time i think And yeah, so the batch cooking is one way. And then the other way is, for example, the taco. So you could even just make, you can season that pork, for example, and the rice or whatever. And then you could use those things you've already made and seasoned in tacos. You can turn it into a quesadilla. You can throw, you can add chicken broth or some sort of broth and make it into a, like a, a tortilla style soup. You can serve it over cabbage and lettuce or one of those two whatever you have and have a taco salad you can eat it in a burrito there's so many different options for that and i think just thinking of the different ways that you would the different vehicles for eating those food that those ingredients is helpful
1: I really like both of those ideas. My mom was big on it's the same amount of work as it is to make one lasagna as it is to make four. So she'd make four and freeze them. But the idea of making your chicken and not seasoning it and then making extra to use later is a much more practical implication of the- is a much more practical application of that idea for a single person because I don't need four lasagnas. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't have, I could fit one
0: in my freezer. But yeah, and that's the thing, especially when it comes to like staples like meat and rice and even vegetables too. Like it it might take a little bit more to chop it, but that time is negligible compared to making it a whole other time. And the same like roasting vegetables or... Steaming them, or however you want to prepare them, that you can make them really simply and use them in different ways. So many options. And yeah, it's helpful.
1: Thank you so much for all the fun things that you've shared. Is there anything we've missed that you'd wanted to include?
0: I don't think so. Uh, Can I share a couple of free resources for people
1: if they're interested? Yes. I was going to say, I was hoping that you would share where to find you on the internet and then like any recommendations of resources you had.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as far as free resources go, I have, so on my website, Nourish Nutrition blog, you can click subscribe and get small cookbook with cooking for one recipes and a couple of tips more generally about building your pantry and all of that. And then I have another resource that's expanded on that where it adds a guide to start meal planning and experimenting with food because that's a big point of frustration for a lot of people is figuring out how to bring it all into practice in a way that works for you. So it's called the Custom Dinner Kit. That's an option. I have a course where it goes a little bit more specific with a bunch of videos that you can do or you can work with me as a dietitian. So lots of ways to get the help that you need and at different price points, including free. So lots of options there. And
1: I'll put the link to those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed getting to know you and I really appreciated all the things you shared. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Thank you so much to Rebecca for her time. Thank you to you for listening. I am hoping to do an Ask Me Anything episode in the next few weeks. So if you have any questions that you would like to send in, I would love, love, love to get those. You can email them to MadelineK at gmail.com or you can DM me. You can find the podcast on Instagram at notabackupplan. You can find me on Twitter at MadelineK. I'll include links to these things and links to Rebecca's resources in the show notes please, please, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It plays such an important role in helping me build an audience. And until next time, remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.